welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Before introducing my yet another phenomenal guest of this week. I just want to first, as I always do, thank the loyal listeners, the podcast subscribers, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, all the various platforms where my guests and I are showcased of each week. I also wish to thank my corporate sponsors, which are inclusive of AHA That Forever and Halt and Honda. And just to remind you too, big shout out of thank you to C-Suite Radio Network, where of course following the live show with my guest of each week. You can also find the podcast link on my host page, Living Fearless with Lisa McDonald with the C-Suite Radio Network. So who is my guest today? Well, my guest is a brilliant woman by the name of Janine Vosper, who hails from Melbourne, Australia. So what I can tell you about Janine is having worked for more than 20 years as general manager of sales for a successful multi-million dollar national supply business, Janine Vosper has plenty of hands-on experience coaching high-performing commission-based sales teams. During her extensive sales career, she has worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs, sales representatives, and senior management, preparing them so they have the proficiency to come across as an authority on their subject, prompting outstanding results. Janine's mission is now to empower small business owners using the same methods she shared with the big end of town, to provide them with the skills to have a confident voice and the words to enable them to speak their message with credibility and conviction. Having presented workshops on topics of her expertise in many countries around the world, in 2013, Janine represented her country at the Power Talk International Speaking Contest. From Alaska to Japan, New Zealand to Hawaii, and around Australia, audiences have described Janine as brilliant, powerful, and informative. Recognized as an expert in authentic selling techniques, Janine is author of the popular Good Girls Do Sell, The Modern Businesswoman's Guide to Authentic Selling. Founder of the We Are Women Mastermind Group and her business Speech Perfect, Janine delivers online sales and confidence training programs for up-and-coming business owners from many locations around the world. Janine, that's quite the repertoire. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Thank you very much, Lisa. When you read it out like that, it, it's very long, but I have, been, I have been in business for a long time, so I suppose that sort of makes up for that. Well, you have, and obviously that's probably a condensed version. If we were to truly span all your accomplishments and all your accolades, that would eat up the whole interview itself. <laughs> <laughs> so I give my age away, though, by doing so. so. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're quite youthful. I mean, to, to perform and execute and navigate your journey uh, the way in which you have and continue to do so, that requires a, a lot of energy, uh, a lot of gumption, a lot of spitfire. So clearly you're, you're quite youthful and you've got the energy to keep that up so good for you thank you very much i do appreciate it and that's that's one of my aims and that's one of the things i do make sure i try and do is is stay fit as well because it's brain power as well as physical power that sort of gets you through the day 
Well, absolutely. And we, in fact, do talk about that um, quite consistently on radio. You know, it really is the mind-body-spirit connection. And to be effective in any aspect of one's life or one's business, you know, all those key components have to sync well uh, in order for you to produce the results that you would achievably want to you know, aspire to have at all times, at all levels. So, um, so it's good that you're cognizant of that because for people who like yourself, uh, Janine, who are performers, top performers and people who do hold themselves accountable and are really anchoring other people out, paying it forward and being of service and, and really, you know, in, encouraging people to step into their own greatness, uh, you do have to be mindful of taking care of yourself. And we know that there's a lot of burnout within the space. And I don't know if that's something that you've ever encountered or if that's something that you have been cognizant to stay clear of. Um, it, yes, it's, it's something that I've always been very aware of. And I started my early career, I was an aerobic instructor for 10 years. So I was heavily involved in fitness then. And I think that that sort of carried through, even though I don't do that now, it's usually just down to walking and stretching, but it's still something that's done regularly and it does keep that clear mindset. And, I, it, and I've also done meditation and different things things along those lines as well so I think Mm -hmm. all of that put together it does help alleviate uh, you know issues when that sense of overwhelm comes up and I mean we all get that it's just we just take on too much sometimes or just can't maybe can't even get clear about our direction and it just Mm -hmm. feels like it's a little bit overwhelming so you definitely need to have the backup of wellness to be able to move forward on that And for all the people in the professional space that you interface with, Janine, do you find that to be more consistently prevalent amongst women clients of yours as opposed to either gender, both genders? It's that's really interesting because I my market is predominantly women and Mm -hmm. I I do market to them, but I do get male clients as well because it's. I usually say with my book, you know, it's for good girls to sell, it's for women or really smart men. So, you know, that covers everybody. <laughs> right. And and so, no, and I was just thinking about, I ran a course the other day and, and the men in the course were fitness, you know, into fitness and health and wellness and, and, and very aware of combining that with their business as well. So I, I, think, I actually think it's individualized. I don't necessarily think I agree based yeah I agree but I put that out there because I don't presuppose other people think like me this is your interview (laughs) not mine (laughs) but uh, you know I think one of the things that um, and of course anybody who follows me which I'm very grateful for knows that my approach to the interviews here it's very organic it's very unscripted I think it makes for a much more authentic discussion. But one thing I do typically ask of each guest each week is because I know loyal listeners, they're always paying attention uh, to what it is people are doing. You know, everybody who's a student of life is sponging up this kind of content uh, and is always receptive to learning. Uh, And I myself as the host, I'm forever learning and taking notes as I'm talking to my guest. So, you know, I'd be interested to know the backstory, you know, twofold. One, the entrepreneurial spirit, when you when you came to realize within yourself that that was really the path that was intended for you. Um, And secondly, you know, the backstory in terms of many of the people who I've showcased, a lot of people just assume, presume that they're an overnight success, uh, that people are born with a silver spoon in their mouth, everything comes easily to them without 
you know, taking heed of the fact as a human being, we all have adversity. We've all faced challenges. And oftentimes the guests who I've showcased, it's been a result of something cathartic that's happened in their lives, either that's been birthed out of tragedy, uh, challenge, strife, uh, completely life transformational moment, which really set them on the trajectory of getting clear with what their purpose is. So two-prong question there. Uh, feel free to answer it and approach it any which way you you wish to, Janine. Um, the first question, as you know, looking at that entrepreneurial spirit, it's, I've always been, you know, someone that I won't say doesn't conform because, you know, I have that in me as well, but I also don't necessarily, I'm quite happy to challenge ideas and beliefs and just mm -hmm. don't have to go along with something because it's the pol polite thing in inverted commas to do, mm -hmm. or it's just the way that it's been done before. So I, I, as I said, I was teaching aerobics, so that was, you know, a job, but I also worked with a local manufacturer who made, and in, in, it was the era before, around Jane Fonda, where we had those beautiful stylish leotards and G-strings, <laughs> and, and, and it was just stunning. You know, every, everyone got dressed up, made up to go to the gym, and so I used to uh, go to the gym, set out uh, all of the clothing and people would place orders and I would then a month later take back their orders and they had these beautiful made-to-measure items with it and it was in the era it was just in the 80s and I was selling up to two thousand dollars worth of product a night and people you know it was just that time it was in the right place at the right time mm -hmm. but, and I did that for quite a few years and it was highly profitable but it was also it just I really like people and that was the beauty of doing that type of thing. You're coming back to the same people all the time. So finding, I think for me, finding any sort of position where I can assist people to achieve their results, whether it's, you know, when I was working as a GM of sales for a, a multinational, it was working in a space where we were, it was, the company was called Alpha First Aid. So it was first aid supplies, but it was to the big mining companies as well as you know the local restaurant it was a wide range of clients but it was all to do with and that's what I teach within the sales program as well it's not to we in 2018 you can't be sold to if you want something you go buy it so mm -hmm. it's it was always very much that authentic approach when it comes to selling is just find somebody's problem and solve that problem so I if that's where the entrepreneurial spirit has come from, then mm -hmm. that's that's my base as to that. You know, it's always, okay, what's their problem? And I want to help people solve it, whether it's to look really sexy in this G-string leotard <laughs> or, <laughs> or to make sure they've got, you know, a defibula when they, defibrillator when they need it in the workplace. You know, it, it was, doesn't – and now it's working with I, – I work with a lot of – people in small business or micro businesses and have and it be, because of my position now I'm able to offer affordable training for them as well mm -hmm. so that they can have access to you know under learning all the things that I've learned over the last 40 years in the mm -hmm. workplace so and the other question about you know that 
that realization or it's really interesting because one of the things I do with people is I, I help them draw out their story. And mm-hmm. because when they're speaking professionally, as you were aware, the story is the most important part, isn't it? You yes. know, that builds that connection. And so many people don't think they've got any story. They just, mm-hmm. I worked with a lady the other day who works in funeral as a funeral director and she said I haven't somebody's asked her to present for 20 minutes and she said I'm terrified I don't I haven't got anything to tell them and then we we worked together for a couple of hours and drew out these this amazing story that she just had a passion to do in that role ever since she was 17 which is very unusual Mm -hmm. and and then she had phenomenal stories about being with people, you know, at the saddest moment in their lives and, and how their lives could move on. So she didn't know she had that. And that's what I absolutely love. And and it was one of those things, I think, when I first went looking for me, my story, I go, well, you know, I don't have one. I haven't had anything well significant happen. You know, I've, I've been very fortunate that I've, you know, normal sort of childhood and 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 parenting and I got married when I was I was quite young and I've got two grown sons and a few grandchildren now and things like you know it's all been quite Beautiful. nice it is lovely but you know when you actually then start looking for it because in the, my trainings I, I tell stories about you know what got me into uh, being a speaker was I was at uh, my dearest dearest friend's mother's funeral and her father mm-hmm. had passed a couple of months before that and and he had and his was expected hers wasn't and when they came to speak at hers the priest had changed from the church who she'd been going to for 40 years and everyone was just so distraught that mm-hmm. no one could truly speak the spirit of who she was and I, I sat there in the in the pews and I went, I'm never going to be mute again. I'm never, ever going to wow. be in a situation where I can't speak. And that that was a real turning point. I ought to always want to speak to be inspired people and, and to help coach and train. But that was the catalyst to go, I don't care. I'm going to speak up whenever I need to at any time because we people didn't get to hear what an amazing woman she was Mm -hmm. and um, a short time after that a friend of mine um, took his own life and that's really hard to speak at and when I'd finished speaking I had dozens of people come up to me and and thank me to say that that was exactly what they wanted to say but they would never have been able to do it so Mm -hmm. I think that you know that to me I think that's the most important thing that we as humans can own is is a voice Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to thank you for saying what you said, because, you know, I've been interviewing people extensively, not just on radio for four years, but really throughout my whole life, having been somebody who listened to people who were in crisis when I was in social services. And the way that that particular story that you used to cite and illustrate what was the cathartic moment for you in which to uh, not keep everything bottled up and to learn to become a storyteller and and to not mute yourself. Um, I've never heard something quite so profound to offer the insight or the perspective for what propelled somebody on their speaking journey. I will remember what you just said forever. Oh, thank you. It was just, yeah. It, and you, but we we have moments in our life, as you said, and they don't have to be that you've had, 
something you know extremely serious and horrible happened to you mm-hmm. you know but it can be something like that can't it it just is but just to make a point that it's not good enough anymore you know that's mm-hmm. not good enough you're going to do something different i think that we all had the opportunity to reach those points in our lives as well Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this then, Janine. So for somebody who does what you do in terms of all the people, the thousands of people that you continually interface with in the different aspects of what you do as a serial solopreneur, um, you know, what do you tend to find as the common theme um, for people eliciting your support? What is it that they feel particularly stuck with? Or when you talk about, you know, usually it's you're there to solve a particular problem. Is there generally speaking, and I know every person is individualized, every situation is unique in its own uh, respect, but do you tend to find that there's some commonality with the theme related to the particular people who are reaching out to you eliciting your services? There is a particular theme and it's to do with belief in self. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's just valuing themselves enough as well. The... The people, you know, a lot of people, when they've got a, a great product or a great service that they're offering, they don't see, and, and I will generalize it with women here more so, but they don't, but I also find it's interesting, women will probably share it more, men will just mm-hmm. not admit to a, that, uh, I don't want to use the word weakness, but, you know, that, that, that feeling vulnerability. Of, Yes, actually, that's a great word. Thank you. And yeah, that to that vulnerability and feeling that they they just can't do it. They're just n- not worth it. And and it, it's really amazing. I, I got a message from somebody yesterday and, and she said, oh, you're just amazing the way you go out there. And, and she used the word fearless, actually. And I, Lovely. I, but I don't see myself necessarily as doing anything extraordinary. It's just that she's so scared. Mm-hmm. that she sees that as you know something that she wants to aim to which is very nice and it's something that I hope I can help her with but it's that sense of belief in self and the fear about am I good enough am, am I am I if I'm going to say that I'm a hypnotherapist am I good enough to do that you know if I've got if I'm a fashion designer are my clothes going to be good enough are people going to buy it it, it you know am I coaching people are people going to believe that I have the knowledge or the ability to do it I think and I see people they think they're too old because I know women that are in social media and they they help people with their social media and and they're in their 60s so their first thing is that they believe people will think they're too old or I've got other young people I work with that have haven't got the, the years and years of experience but they they're just innately good at what they do and mm-hmm. they then feel that they're too young you know there's this or if they've got a product I'm too expensive or I don't know how to value myself you know that's this sense of uh, judgment on ourselves mm-hmm. so much and it, it's you know getting people to step out of that sense of judgment and into a sense of belief is mm-hmm. is what is what I it's what I do whether it's you know mine's particularly around presenting voice and sales that sort of thing but it, but it's just I it saddens me to see yes there you know I because I I can see what they've got is great you know, and even the lady the other day with the presentation with the the funeral director, you know, I could see what she had was amazing stories, and 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 
And I said, you just need to even explain how a funeral works because most people don't know that. And and she went, oh, that's not going to be a worth. I said, it is because what we we don't realise we as the general we of the of all women or humanity mm-hmm. often don't realise just how good we are and how much knowledge and ability that we have to share because it's easy for us to do. And I think that's probably one of the main points. If it's easy for us, then we don't see the value and the worth in it. We don't recognize how difficult this is for someone else. That's very interesting, and it's also very true. Now, when you cite the example of the woman, the funeral director, you know, I have to say that example for what you said completely shocked me because I would think for somebody who's in that line of work and when it is the retelling of the story, when you are intimately meeting with the family, when they're the most raw and the most vulnerable, um, that's where you're getting a sense from the family's testimonial and firsthand experience and relationship of who this person was. And then the experience of you being, as she would be, the person interfacing with people and how everybody grieves differently and how you know, she's probably, unfortunately, buried very young people uh, for whatever the circumstance, as well as elderly people. Um, you know, I don't see how there could be an end of life situation and there not be a million stories, mm. even stories within the stories, the stories of what she does in her role to facilitate being with the family at that particular uh, difficult time. But then the stories that she would learn with the family uh, in prepping for the service itself. I mean, that as the example, that's, I don't think I'll ever forget that too. This is a very enlightening, insightful interview. Um, (laughs) well, it is. She's brilliant at that. She's absolutely brilliant at at doing that and, and running a funeral for that in particular. And and then she couldn't see that within herself. It was, See, and to me, it's clear as day. I mean, the sto- storytelling with her exact job and her role and the connection that she would have with people when they're their most fragile and vulnerable, um, those two, I can't, you know, I can't see a better pairing right off the top of my head other than that duality and that dynamic. Um, I would think that she would have the easiest job in the world to be a storyteller. But again, mm-hmm. that's my that's me on the outside, and I understand that as you pointed out, and it's a very valid point and something I think that's worth delving into a little bit more deeper for the listening audience and eventually the podcast subscribers is, you know, it doesn't matter what I think about you, Janine, or what you think about me or who you think about what you think about other people. Um, it, It really does go back to core self and, you know, how do we stand up for ourselves? How do we own our birthright? How do we own the stage? How do we own our voice and our story and our messaging and our branding? Uh, and, and recognizing that there's no hierarchy when it comes to people's value on this planet. Yes, we all have different individualized skills. We all bring something very different, but also equally complementary to the table. Um, and and we're always the first as good fellow, kind human beings to always see the goodness in other people and applaud other people's uh, successes and their wins um, and, and recognize and point out what it is that they're exceptionally good at. However, for whatever the reason, 
people can't do that or extrapolate that from themselves. They become tortoises. They retreat into their shell. They're worried about the optics of, is this going to come across as egoic or narcissistic? Well, for me, what I always say, and I truly fundamentally believe, is you have to be your own hero. You have to be your own shiro. You have to be your own leader, and you have to be your own best friend. Because if you don't buy into who you are and what you have to offer, good luck selling that to anyone else. Oh, totally agree with you there, Lisa. It's that being being true, that truth to yourself, that you, ha- you have to like yourself. I mean, that's, yes. that's a huge part of it. And and if you don't, then you really need to investigate, you know, what it is that if you were if you were your friend, would you like you? I think that's a good way to step out of that as well. Yes. Is, is, are you doing the things that a good friend would do for yourself? And that's a, one of the confidence things as well, isn't it? That we, yes. if, if we're with a good friend, we wouldn't say, oh, my gosh, that your hair looks terrible or, you've, you know, you've got that extra kilo, it's hanging out there or, <laughs> I mean, what you see, <laughs> I mean, you know, the little muffin top I'm thinking, I'm not right. hanging out anywhere else. Okay, <laughs> let's pull that back again. <laughs> Or, you know, or you wouldn't say you're silly or you're worthless. You wouldn't be saying that to a good friend. See, that's – and so we treat friends better than we treat ourselves, which is such a such a sad thing that to do that. One of the tips that I use when I'm working with people with professional presenting, you know, most, most of you listeners would have probably heard the statement, fake it till you make it. Is that mm-hmm. American? as well I think it's pretty universal yeah yes but it's something that I don't agree with I believe Mm -hmm. that you have to feel it until you make it love that so what I get people to do when I'm doing the speaking training and it's right at the beginning of the the training is I get them to visualize imagine sit themselves in a place where they know they're confident where Mm -hmm. they know they put it they do and they feel that level of confidence and so we do that for quite a bit so that they're owning that so when they get up then to present and just even introduce themselves or how we start the day they then stand in that state mm-hmm. so they feel it until they make it not fake love it until that they make it. and i it makes, absolutely it makes love that you can well, imagine it, it would it, and i mean you talk about instilling additional confidence um you know, when do people feel like they're operating at their highest vibrational level? When do they feel that they're on? When do they feel that they're shining? It's it, it's when they're in that congruent moment of, you know what, I am absolutely doing what I love and I'm loving what I do. And that that energy that you emit out to the rest of the universe, that's what that you know, that that's what comes back. That's the boomerang effect. Um, confidence is super attractive. Uh, you know, I I Bar none, I think that's far more attractive than physicality um, because, I, you know, there's a lot of people who are very physically attractive, but you can detect when somebody lacks that, that confidence. And it's, you know, it's, it's not a judgment in terms of putting people down or thinking that they're less than because they haven't raised the bar for themselves necessarily or have done the work or they're not quite at that point as, as of yet. But I'm just saying, you know, confidence is so attractive when you see people who are just on fire and you know they're really in the zone they're in the flow i mean how can you not want to be around that when people are oozing that left right and center 
Interesting. I, look, I totally agree with you. But the interesting point of that is people who are confident in themselves and comfortable with themselves will feel exactly like you've described. That we mm -hmm. meet other people that are strong and confident and we're not intimidated by them. We're attracted to them because, you know, it's that like means like type of thing. You, you just want to be around them because you, you, you're going to get that they're vibrationally working at a similar level they're they're you know on on their game and and mm -hmm. you can learn from them and you can and you can not not feed off the energy but you can both share that the same energy but what i found if you're not sitting in that energetic space yourself if you're not that level of confidence then you will definitely back away from that situation or you will find fault with that particular person very because true because that you're not in that space and mm -hmm. so it tends to it challenges a lot of people and I, look that's something I found you know a lot, a lot of the times through my life is that it, it's some people are, are really challenged by me being me and and I'm, yes I get and that you, and you, yeah, I understand you do the same. that yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> and, and you can be very you know very aware of of that and I know there's some people who I know, you know, relatives and in-laws that will be around me for a lot of years to come. So I've had to be very aware and slowly get them more comfortable with me. And now after, you know, 10 years, they're fine. But I couldn't go in all guns blazing as I would normally do because it, it just, it, it really mattered that I built a relationship with them. But, okay, well, let's talk about that because that, that's a very interesting point. And I can understand the delicacy and the fine dance that one would have to do when it's more so within the inside infrastructure of support and people who are in more your immediate circle and life, such as family. Mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking, um, you know, and, and you let you let myself and the listeners know here, like, it, is family the reason why you made that exception? Because I generally have um, of the the belief that I am who I am. I own myself unapologetically 100%. And as long as I know I'm being kind, as long as I know that I'm coming from a sincere, genuine place, and I'm always looking to anchor people up. Uh, sometimes my positivity repels people because people think, oh, you can't always be that happy. Well, you know what? It's a choice. Do, do things go sideways in my life every single day? Absolutely. But I also believe in the fact that what you put your attention on grows stronger. So if I focus on negative things, what's going to show up in my life? More negativity. Is that something I want to embrace? Is that something that I want to sit in that space? No, I don't. I want to focus on the blessings. I want to focus on what I'm grateful for. I want to focus on all the wins. I want to focus on the amazing people in my life, people who I'm showcasing on radio. And once you fine tune your way of thinking to the point where you will only uh, consciously make the decision to let the good stuff seep in, not to suggest that you're naive, not to suggest that you're burying your head in the sand, that you're in denial about, you know, the ills of the world, or there are other pods of people who are, you know, energy vampires, etc. But I'm just saying, like, using your, what you said for your family and, and, you know, do you believe in dumbing down and, and, and playing a smaller game to appease other people? No, I don't. And uh, it's, it's I'm just thinking about something else you said. My bro my brother in law keeps telling me I have a Pollyanna attitude because I because <laughs> I don't watch shame the news on or, you, Janine. What an awful human being you are! <laughs> I know because I just don't really care about news and things like that. Right. But the, the 
Well, in this particular instance, it's the person was extremely insecure, and it was you know my daughter-in-law's mother, so mm-hmm. she is, and she's a love, really lovely lady, but she'll she will never grow in that. Uh, never's a very long time. I'd be very very surprised if that level of if she achieved a level of confidence where she has belief in herself she's mm-hmm. quite amazing at quite a few things and particularly cooking she's phenomenal so in the situation and so my son gave me a warning beforehand and, <laughs> <laughs> and said mum that she's just really insecure and and it would have it would have made her feel very very uncomfortable if I had have just been you know full-on Positivity. I won't be negative, and I won't take mm-hmm. on negative stories and other mm-hmm. people's negative space. But I just had to pull back and and learn more about her, uh, and not do my usual. Oh well, that's one way to think of it. You could think of it like this, but right. you know, and, and 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 just hold back a bit. But now, after ten years, I can be. She, she's a lot more aware. She knows me well and, and I'm more in that space of – but I still wouldn't want to make her too uncomfortable because okay, it, well, is, it is family because we have to, you know, we I get it together. So I get it. But can we just play devil's advocate with that for a moment? Sure. Yeah. And again, I understand, you know, the intricacies of family and, and trying to appease your son and make things easy for him by not having issues after the social engagement. And then he gets berated by his wife. And why wow, I get all that. <laughs> um, like, I, I really do understand how these things play out. But in terms of, and we know this from a coaching perspective, you know, growth only occurs when one is willing to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes, not everybody's going to step up to the plate to voluntarily elicit you being the one per se to assist them in that, particularly if it's not something that is remotely on their radar of wanting to work on or identifying as a key area of necessary development, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But for me, because I understand what my purpose is, um, I don't think I am being of service to other people if I placate to their insecurities or to their self-defeatist thoughts or their negativity or their whatever. And that goes within family. I mean, I've had my share of family drama um, because I just won't succumb to that. It's like, no, you raise the bar. I'm not coming down to your level. You can raise the bar. And it's not because I see myself as a, on a hierarchy of I'm better than you, but for the level of a work that I'm continually investing in myself with my own personal growth, my own personal development, knowing I need to own my own BS and knowing that I have to do that before I can point the finger and think it's my prerogative to correct other people on their stuff. But there's just some things that you know, like it's not cool to be a negative person. It's not cool. uh, And because I value each person individually, you know, I'm not going to give you permission or give you my attention or energy to sit here and listen to you be self-deprecating. I just don't, you know, I I get nothing out of that. And I don't think you're doing yourself any services or, 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 or being of benefit to yourself. And then when we talk about the relationship and the role modeling, and we talk about legacy and leadership and all that other kind of stuff, well, you know, there's probably children sitting at the table. There's other people sitting at the table you know, do you want to bring the tone down? Do you want to bring the mood down? Do you want to bring the standard down by entertaining somebody else who their issue is 
you know, maybe because I'm not committed to doing the work on myself, you know, you know, when, when people ask you how it is you're doing, people sometimes don't really want to know because if you're on fire and you're doing amazing things every single day that you're incredibly proud of, and again, not from an egoic standpoint, but from just being in that flow of life, which I think we should all aspire to want to be at, um, you know, I'm sorry if that causes discomforts for somebody else, but hey, you you took a shining or an interest in me. You wanted to know what my day was. Do you really want me to talk about things or contrive the conversation or direct it in such a way fabricating the truth and not letting it be known how great things are because I do choose to err on the side of seeing the best in every situation, even if it's not an ideal circumstance? Um, what are we teaching people when we, 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 we dummy down that way? Yeah, I, I get I, Sorry, I do I, get what you're saying. No, no, I nauseum on that no, subject. No, no, I look. I, and I do, I do agree with you. I, I really do agree with you. And for me, in this particular instance, I've just chosen a situation yeah. to, to do that in, because I, it's and I and I don't get involved in the the. Um, because the seat it used it used to because it was the person often who who uh, puts himself down is often seeking somebody else to go no no you're not you're amazing right. <laughs> and and so I've learned that's that was a little story that was being played out there so that doesn't yes. happen at all but it's but it's been slowly getting into it because and showing her. In this particular instance, showing her along the way, it wasn't something that I could, and it's not something I chose not to do in the first instance because it's it was in this situation it was something that I wanted to be very comfortable, and and I just move away from it the situ the conversation and that it's easy for me to do that. Right. Just, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go to the kitchen now and cut a dozen onions. Sorry, you guys are on your own. <laughs> yeah, basically. And and then with it, and and it's really interesting because we're both caring for the grandchildren at different stages. And so my five-year-old grandson said to me the other day, "Nina, what are you afraid of?" And I went, "I'm not really. I'm not afraid of anything." And we're talking about roller coasters and all this sort mm -hmm. of stuff. And he said, "But you've got to be afraid of something." And I said. I don't think so. I can't think. I said, I don't like snakes or spiders. There's a few here in Australia, by the way. But mm -hmm. I don't like snakes and spiders. I'm not really afraid of them. They're not something that I think and get scared about. And I said, no, I can't think of anything at the moment. He said, you've got to. And I said, no, I don't. He said, oh, okay. So then he goes home and says to his mum, you know, Nina's not afraid of anything. <laughs> so, you know, so it was really, it was a really cool conversation that he just Love went, it. you don't have to be afraid. Well, how about that? But isn't it interesting that the automatic assumption, regardless of the age group of the people who talk or who can um, be cognizant or be, you know, developmentally aware enough to have the conversation, grasping what defines fear, uh, that 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 to have that conversation, it really brings about a surprised response because most people typically, stereotypically, would have some kind of identifiable fear. Um, so I think it's a breath of fresh air and I think what wonderful role modeling on your part that you quite honestly were comfortably able to express like, no, I'm, I'm not going to make up a fear just because everybody seems to have a fear or come from a place of fear or make decisions based on fear or lack thereof decisions based on fear. Um, so to hear that that was uh, your grandchild's response, 
and I can I can just picture that exchange between the two of you, and for that to be his reaction, that's beautiful. I you know I wish more people could have that conversation and talk about fearing less or living fearlessly. This is what this is all about. Mm. And it and there's things that make people uncomfortable, and and you know I I didn't like heights for a very long time and then I was in the CN Tower and it was that clear floor and, I went home. <laughs> and I've since gone to the Grand Canyon and walked out on the clear floor so you know you, you you do things that you're not comfortable with and you then you know you, you that's to not face a fear but it's just to put yourself I have a really interesting uh, description of a comfort zone and mm. I call it a confinement of anxiety rather than mm. a comfort zone because there's usually nothing very comfortable about being in a comfort zone because every time you look out, especially if you've got a, a small area of things that you're comfortable about, every time you look out, everything becomes something to fear. Whereas mm. it's so that means that you rather than being comfortable, you're anxious because yes. every, everything around you is will make you anxious. So, so to me, that's what. It, there's no such thing as a comfort zone. It's it to me, it's a confinement of anxiety, and it just. But you, so there's no zone. You just do something to get comfortable with it. And if you don't like it, if it's public speaking, for example, if that is a fear, and apparently Seinfeld says it's feared more than death. So yes, yes. So you know, if that is a, a real fear, well, then you do it until you're comfortable with it. And you start off with that, as I said, one of those ways is to feel where you are comfortable and then go do something you're not comfortable. And, it, and it's a great way to own that presence of and that essence of being confident and taking it into somewhere that you mm-hmm. you may not be comfortable Lovely. doing. Or I like that perspective, Janine. Thank you for that. Um, I'd be remiss if throughout this interview, being cognizant of time, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about uh, where people can find you, where people can purchase your book, what's upcoming on the calendar for any uh, opportunity where people can engage with you. Again, knowing that this is a global platform, Uh, a lot of people actually listen in from Australia. Uh, So, Whatever you wish to share, Janine, in terms of, you know, being the attractor factor and where people can align with you and maybe have an initial consultation or, again, where they can purchase your book, that would be really great to hear. No, thank you for that opportunity, Lisa. So I'm actually based in Brisbane, not Melbourne. I did mention I was in Melbourne just at the moment, but I am based in Brisbane. So all of the live face-to-face training, I tend to run from Brisbane and the Gold Coast and that type of area in in Queensland. But I have a, a lot of online training. So I've got online training a thing called a direct sales mastery program which is all Mm -hmm. all online and then I provide a whole lot of backup training so so I don't leave you know people don't just purchase it the the course and the program and then they're left by themselves they get a whole lot of backup training with me as well on online so you know that we do that through Skype or Zoom or however it's Mm -hmm. done and that's and I work with people from all around the world doing that i also run mastermind groups face to face but i run them as well online so that people can hook on and then just whatever the topic of conversation is they can get they can share that and other people can contribute and and really mastermind their issues and problems because when you're doing things by yourself and if you are in micro small business you even even if you've got a few employees if you're the 
boss, then you're the mm -hmm. one that's you can't go to your staff for ideas really you need to find some peers that you can work with absolutely I, I do have a podcast that people can download and listen to it's it's been running for a couple of years now it's called we are women and again it's to and interviewing amazing people from around the world who have got a lot to offer in, in any sort of health whether it's business health or mindset health mental health physical health and, and just incredible ideas and stories which they share on the We Are Women podcast. So that's on iTunes and Stitcher and any, any way you want to download that. Amazing. Well. Mm -hmm. It's it's incredible. Oh, the stories just blow me away each time when I... Don't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I just love being on the other end of this today as well. But it's just incredible what you get to glean from, from people and how they've what they've done in their lives but what they can offer other people that's yes that's thing as well i've got a couple of websites where people can go to find me mm -hmm. and janine com, and, and janine is spelled j-a-n-e-n-v-o-s-p-e-r.com and i have one as well which probably confuses people but it's speechperfect.com.au and it's just that I'm transitioning between one they're both live and they've both mm -hmm. got podcasts they've both got there's hundreds and hundreds of blogs on there as well that they can grab for free there's a free ebook as well really want to encourage if, they go, if people go onto either of the websites they download uh, barriers to success Mm -hmm. And it's got five things that trip people up and how to overcome those when they're starting out in business. So that's a great way to sort of first get in touch with me and then uh, check out what else. And they can all buy the book either uh, if they're in Australia, of course, we can send a hard copy off. But if they're online, you can just download it on Amazon as well. So it's called Good Girls Do Sell and the Modern Businesswoman's Guide to Authentic Selling. And I, I love say, that. <laughs> thank you. There's another one coming out in the in the next few months as well. And I think we're going to follow this good girls theme throughout. Absolutely. It, it's for, What's it's, the second one titled? The and I've just it's gone from my head because I've changed about five times and as I've been working <laughs> working through it. And, and and it was basically the confidence factor. So it's covering a whole lot of issues around that uh, that confidence factor and how you have people have power to influence others so it's a little bit broader than just sales and mm -hmm. it's just a lot of things that we've little things that we've covered today a little bit of that as as well so there's lots of ways to get in touch with me and on their websites it's got my email and phone numbers and things like that so a lot Beautiful. of easier going to the website than, than me sharing those now i i would think mm-hmm and do you have a favorite social media platform in terms of engagement or where things actually convert relationally? Yes, I've there is a Facebook page which is Speech Perfect, and mm -hmm. there's also Instagram Speech Perfect as well. And I do a little bit on Twitter, but you know your president has that covered pretty well, so I think I've backed away from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've all been kind of kicked out of that space, haven't we? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And YouTube channel as well, which is not my president. Factor. Let me, let me. I gotta yeah. make that. I'm, I'm, I'm Canadian. 
Oh, right. Well, you're good. Yes. <laughs> so no, that's yeah. okay. We're, I mean, the you're, U.S. You're, are you're our not... neighbors. And I, I don't blame the U.S. citizens. There's, I mean, majority of, anyway, we, that's a whole other show altogether. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we have compulsory voting in Australia, which I don't know whether it's a good thing or bad thing, but at least people have to go and vote, which is, I don't know whether you actually end up with the right people or the wrong people, but it's a different concept, though. But Interesting. It, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's and there's a whole lot of always workshops being run as well, and if people travel from all over the place to attend the different live workshops. And for all the hats that you wear, do you have like a favorite forum in which you uh, connect with people and work with people? Do you prefer the one-on-one? Do you prefer the masterminds? Do you prefer the stage? Do you prefer writing your books, your blogs? Do you have a preference? Your podcast? All of the above. <laughs> It's just as you're asking that question, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that one, yep, yeah, that one, <laughs> that one, that one. <laughs> no, but if you, I, had, if, you had to, if you had to scale it back and you could only use one vehicle, uh, one platform, one mode of communication in which to get your message out to the rest of the world, which would you prefer to use? What, what would you decide upon? I know it's tough. I know it's mm. tough. But if you had to pick one. If I if I want to get the message to as many people as possible, it's speaking, uh, keynote speaking, is speaking from stage, because yeah. obviously you hit a target, bigger audience. But the thing that I love to do the most is that story and working one on one with people, pulling out that story, working mm. on strategies to build their confidence, and just changing people's lives one by one. But that's that would be where my passion sits, and I, I'm just and I. I, people talk about retirement, and 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 I don't I, I don't get it because it's I'll be doing whatever I, I I'll be doing whatever I'm doing forever. It's yes. just what I do, you know. Yes. Because uh, no, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. But see, but that's the difference between somebody who is living in congruency and in alignment with what they've identified and are crystal clear on knowing what they're purpose is because when you walk into that when you own that when you embrace that um you know it used to be i would say there's not enough hours in the day then i would say there's not enough days in the week and now i've created an eighth day because that's likely never going to happen with the actual real life calendar where i wake up four hours earlier than most people every single day and you times that by seven days in a week there's my eighth day and so when i go to bed i can't wait to wake up the next morning because I just absolutely love what I do. And every day is different, even no matter what I've got pre-scheduled. Um, you just, you never know what nuances or what things are going to get thrown at you or what's going to come out in a client session or what's going to be said by a guest on radio each week uh, where you walk away and you have your own epiphanies, you have your own aha moments and you go, you know what, this is really what it's all about. It's really about the connection. It's really about the engagement. It really is about value, bringing value and impact to other people's lives and doing that in concert with other like-minded people. Cause I do believe vibe attracts tribe, which is why we're here today uh having this interview together janine and i just i can't thank you enough for that i know the loyal listeners um they're very clear with me uh on what it is that they're looking to sponge up every friday um and so my priority for who i either seek out uh to have a guest on radio or who i entertain as a as a result of them reaching out to me it's always based on the priority of the loyal listener and the podcast subscriber coming first because if it weren't for them i wouldn't be here today and i know that they're looking for people like you and the caliber and the quality um, of what you bring that substantial and in some cases 
uh, transformational for people, getting people off the fence in their own life and going, yeah, if Janine can do it, if Lisa can do it, if all these other people can do it, why can't I do it? What is in my way? What is blocking or preventing me from stepping into my own greatness or enhancing my own confidence or writing that book or getting on stage or delivering a speech or, or just having an opinion and feeling comfortable enough to assert it, you know? Mm. Absolutely. No, look, I really appreciated the opportunity. It's been, it's, we've woven a nice story, I think, through the We absolutely interview. have. We absolutely have. And I want to thank you for the gift of your time because I know with you being where you're located geographically, we're in completely different time zones and it can be very wonky trying to schedule these things. Um, so, you know, for the ways in which you've been very accommodating, um, you know, I, I just want to say thank you outside of everything else that you have shared with us. I've taken notes. Um, the examples that you've cited earlier at the top of the hour, those are going to resonate with me and stick with me forever. I sometimes do have those moments. I mean, in spite of there being four years of, of interviews and guests, there are certain things that do get said periodically where I go, wow, okay, that's going to stick with me. Um, so thank you for shifting my perspective. Thank you for sharing. Thank, thank you, you for Lisa. gifting all of us. And uh, I just want to very quickly give you the opportunity again. Where can people find you again, Janine? So the best place probably is janinevosper.com, which is J-A-N-E-E-N-V-O-S-P-E-R. And everything's located there. So if, you know, download the podcast, everything's there and email address, get in contact with me that way. And look, thank you again for the opportunity, Lisa, to share this with your listeners. It's been, it's always fun to be able to sort of get to an audience and, and, you know, hopefully change people's ideas on, on, where they believe their comfort their their comfort zone ends absolutely well and i think as a result of you being the guest and the the examples and the testimonials and everything that you shared with us today uh i have no doubt and no qualms that this will uh shift people's thinking and it will get people out of their uh you said confined anxiety as opposed to comfort zone right yeah confinement of anxiety yes. yes yes i love that So I just want to say thank you once again. You're always welcome to come back on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I just want to say once again to the loyal listeners and to the podcast subscribers, thank you very much for your feedback, your testimonials, uh, for tuning in, uh, for getting us and keeping us on the charts. I want to thank iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, list goes on. Uh, I want to thank C-Suite Radio Network, where, of course, you can find the podcast link for each guest I showcase on a weekly basis, also on my host page living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald I want to thank the contact talk radio network and i also want to thank my corporate sponsors aha that forever and halton honda so my purpose very clear on that is to uplift you to fear less and to live more i wish you a fantastic safe weekend and i look forward to joining you again next friday with another lovely guest thanks janine take care all my best everyone bye-bye You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.